Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. <laughs> It's one minute, one minute past seven on KFM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. Undadijan will be back on Monday evening with a, with another interesting show. Um, if you've just tuned in, this is Sidebar with Cindy. If you missed um, any of the previous shows, you can log on to kfm.co.za and um, listen to, to podcasts on FM Rewind. Um, channel channel um, 861 on the DSTV audio bouquet is where you can listen to us if you're out of out of Gauteng or you can listen live on kfm.co.za Medical issues sex and family finance parenting and emotional development Sidebar with Cindy every Monday to Thursday 7 to 8pm on Kaya FM 95.9 so June is Youth Month in South Africa. So tonight we'll be getting up close and personal with three um, um, young, um, gifted and black Afropolitans. And what I want from tonight's show is, is for people to be inspired and also to hear the backstory of, 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 of success. Um, I think one of the things that I'm very open about is my is how I got to where I am. So it's all very well and, you know, and good to see Usindi, the medical doctor, and she's traveling around the world and driving fancy cars. Um, you know, it's, it's great to see that. But there's a backstory. So I didn't wake up and become a medical doctor. There was a 10-year journey. You know, I struggled, um, adversity and all of that stuff. And those are the stories that I love the most when I hear a success story. I want to know what you went through. And I find success, I find, you know, the rags to riches stories actually quite inspiring more, more than oh, I just woke up and everything just happened. So that's really what I want to do this evening um, with my three guests. And I'm blessed to be joined by um, Shannon Stanislaus. Um, she's, a, you know, she's an event architect, um, personal product development and, and brand manager at um, um, Originals. And she'll be telling, telling us more about that. That. I'll also be chatting to Humuto Neto. He's a street photographer, and I met him in 2015. And in the in the past four years, he's he's come a, a long way. He'll be sharing more of his story. And then later on in the show, we'll be joined by Uzin Lengwenya. She's an actress on Isbaya, and she'll be telling us her story. You can call us on 086-00-0959, and you can SMS us on 36959. But this evening, we're speaking to three people who've done really well and who are, who are moving up in their fields and getting to know how they got where they are and how, what has inspired them to, to be where they are. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank okay, you. So we'll start off with um, with you, um, Shannon. Um, I, I know you're very busy and I'm happy that you're here. <laughs> Never too busy I for really, you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, you do a lot of work on social media. Yes. Right? And this is something that's, I mean, the work that, social media is not something that's, been, that's always been around. What got you interested in, 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 in brands and, and, that, and that stuff? So basically, um, so as a brand manager, my responsibility is to service the community, which basically, you know, uh, when it comes to beauty is mostly and largely female at this point. Um, and to really listen to what they have to say and then kind of take what they're telling me and translate that 
that into products that they're going to know and use and love on a daily basis, hopefully share with their friends, pass down in their family and whatnot. And, you know, social media is where all the conversations are happening right now. So if I want to be able to relate to and communicate with and hear from that consumer, my target consumer, the, you know, the women that, you know, you've considered friends, your sisters, your mothers, I have to make sure that social media is a part of that conversation is the main tool is pretty much the main highway <laughs> by which I am communicating so with you my were, audience. So you were obviously an early adopter when, when you know things like Facebook and and Twitter came up, you were there. Yes. Well, I try, I tried to be. Uh, the idea is that, you know, you have the internet at your fingertips and so you use it as a tool to really kind of access all of the knowledge that it possesses and put it to work for you. It really is more of a toolbox than anything else. Okay. So, in, and in South Africa, um, which of the platforms do you consider to be the most successful as far as, as the work that you do with brands goes? Oh, by far Instagram. We are now, um, yeah, I figure by far, um, Instagram is we're a, we're now a visual community. Yeah. Um, people really do like video and they like it in short segments. Uh, just get your message across to me really quickly. It's it's the evolution of remember when you wanted a job when you were young. Yeah. Your parent or your boss would say you know uh, or your teacher would say you know practice your thirty second elevator pitch. So everything that happens on Instagram now is basically the new form of your thirty second elevator pitch in video form in visual form. It's like like, you know, give me a quick phrase, get your point across and keep it moving because you only have my eyes for, you know, as long as it takes to slide up. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you're visiting us and how long are you in South Africa for? So we're here until next Tuesday in this fabulous, fabulous country. And it's your first time here. <laughs> first time here. Yes. So is, what has been the most surprising thing about, about South Africa? You know what? The most surprising thing has been how not different it is from everywhere else that I've been. The people are just as nice and well maybe probably a little nicer because I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> but, I love New York. Um, but no, um, I just love the fact that it's such a melting pot here. You really do get everyone. Um, you know, the women who like to wear their hair kind of like you know, I'm natural, I'm going with the flow and you know, love me for who I am because I love me. You have the, you know, the young ladies who are, you know, I'm going to put on today because this is how I feel special so I'm going to do my makeup I'm going to do my hair and I'm going to you know rock the runway or down the sidewalk or whatever um, and I love the sense of community everybody is just kind of here for each other so um, yeah again a real melting pot and that's kind of like the spirit that I've taken from home and I'm, I'm so happy to see it here and and your interest in beauty products um, or just beauty in general where did what sparked that was it your childhood what 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 got you into that? Um, you know what? I can't say it was my childhood. I am honestly a tomboy and have never really been into beauty that much. However, what I am into is, you know, servicing my community and giving people what they want, things that will make them happy. And, you know, when it comes to like some of my friends, I want to make sure that, you know, the ingredients that go into products and, you know, the packaging and all the claims are exactly, you know, what they're getting. And like if it says, it's going to, you know, make your hair softer, then I want to make sure it's making your hair softer. And I have, you know, the great responsibility and opportunity to be a part of that. So creating exactly what it is that they get to use and take home. And so, I mean, that's my attraction to beauty. It's just like, you know what? Whatever it helps to make people feel better, I, I, I love that. So, you know, and of course, healthier. <laughs> and in terms of studying, so what did you study to get where you are today? Um, 
I studied marketing and communication arts, and I am now the marketing brand director <laughs> and um, a brand manager at Originals by Africa's Best. So I, I think my degree went all the way. <laughs> and your parents, and what, what, what were their expectations of, of how your life was, was going to pan out? Was this what they were expecting? Did they, did they have other dreams for you? Uh, my father is Caribbean, <laughs> very, very Caribbean. So um, he didn't really understand what marketing was because, you know, if I'm just traveling and, uh, you know, to throw on an event or or I'm playing with, you know, beauty care products and he knows I just come home with a shelf full of products, bag full of products. And he's like, <laughs> what is it that you're actually doing? He knew he knew I was making money, but he still was like kind of, you know what? There's this really great nursing job at the hospital because he understood what it was. Yeah. He said, like, be a nurse. I understand that. Um, my mom was, you know, very supportive in that, you know, whatever makes you happy makes me happy. As long as, you know, you get out of my house at a certain age. <laughs> you know? Um, so, I mean, largely, I'm not sure that my parents really know, even to this day, exactly what I do. But they do know that I am happy. And that kind of translates to success in their eyes. And then, of course, you're making money and that makes them even happier. Yes. I think at the end of the day, <laughs> I, I think it comes an age where... As long as you're making money, it's fine. Just do whatever as long yeah. as you're making yeah. money. Yeah, and they get to read the benefits of that. Their gifts are so much nicer than, you know, the macaroni necklace I made when I was like 12. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the benefits of, 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 of having you as a, as, as a daughter. So in terms of the hair movement over the past few years, we've seen, a, uh, you know, obviously a trend towards more natural styles, you know, either short hair like I have or, you know, the, the afro and less people relaxing their hair and so on. Um, how has that affected the brands that you that you that you work the brands that you work with? So obviously, um, you know, the natural hair care movement means that we need to take a look at you know which products we're really kind of creating and developing, and you know the audience that is asked and what the audience is asking for. So obviously, we now need to have more deep conditioners for people that are looking for moisture. We need to start addressing more curls and coils um, as opposed to you know straighteners. Um, as far as my range and the way the trend and the movement has affected it, it hasn't been too great just because I pride Originals by Africa's Best by being, you know, style flexible. Mm -hmm. So we have something for everyone. We have, you know, relaxers. We also have, you know, natural hair care products that are sulfate and paraben free, all within one collection. And the collection that we're here to launch is our coconut cream collection, mm -hmm. which is now in clicks and Discam as of this month. So yay. Um, that collection particularly has four maintenance items that are, you know, completely natural friendly, but it also does have a relaxer within the family that contains all of the same, you know, happy ingredients that, you know, natural girls are, are you know, flocked to, yes. they're attracted to. So it does have the grapeseed and the avocado, coconut milk. It has and aloe shea butter. in it. Exactly. And shea butter all within a relaxer. So it's a, so it is the, it's not your mama's relaxer. It is the new, you know, evolution mm. of the relaxer. It doesn't burn your scalp. There is none of that. If your scalp is burning, you're doing it wrong or mm. it's not the right product for you. Okay. You know, if your hair is breaking, again, doing it wrong or it's not the right product for you. So this product is, you know, so the relaxer is, you know, 
It's the evolution. It's something new, and it's addressing the hair care concerns that we're hearing from the community. So I, I really pride myself on being able to kind of present something for every, everyone, whether you're relaxed, natural, or in between. Okay, well, if you just tuned in, you're listening to um, Sidebar Cindy on KFM 95.9, and I'm chatting to um, Shannon Stanislaus. Um, she's from New York, and she's in the country to launch um, a hair product, um, Originals from... Um, by Africa's Best. By Africa's Best. And I also have Humuto Neto in studio. He's a street photographer. We'll be chatting to him a bit later on because we need to let um, Mushinan go. I have another question about about um, um, hair. So I've always wondered that the hair products that you formulate overseas and then bring them across to, to Africa, do you ever trial them in our country? Would you come through samples and, and trial them on different hair in South Africa or in Africa? That's exactly the, the what we're here to do. the hair texture is different. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't think that the hair textures are so much different from continent to continent as far as, you know, within the, you know, black girl community. But we do acknowledge that there can be some differences, especially when it comes to like, you know, weather and climate and how your hair interacts. And of course, whatever the local trend is, what's convenient for you, you know, one individual may not be convenient for another. So that's exactly what we're here to do. This is like my first time in South Africa. um, And this is mostly um, a research trip for me. Okay. Making sure that, you know, we're going out tomorrow. We're going to be at Mamponia Mall from in 12 Soweto. to 5 in okay, Soweto. Great. From 12 to 5, handing out samples of products, you know, trying to make sure that we speak to the, um, the community there and find out, you know, hey, do, how do you feel about coconut? How do you feel about, you know, this ingredient story? Are these the type of products that you're looking for? Do you need more leave-in conditioners? Do you need more oils? Do you need more shea butter in this? Is it soft enough for you? So that's exactly what we're going to be doing tomorrow and giving out free samples, chatting with everybody doing some free giveaways of course uh, we're going to have Mbali there so she's going to be chatting with us as well um, so we're looking forward to just gaining as much perspective as possible from the community on the ground and, and pricing so I find that sometimes when products come from overseas the pricing is not always um, competitive with what we have in the country have you guys also thought about that oh yeah absolutely so my items are you know supposed to be very affordable line priced across the board and I think that um, I, may not, I may get it wrong in Rand but I'm playing within the five to seven dollar range, which is sixty-five to eighty rand, I believe. So, okay, yeah, okay, well, that's great. No, but thank you so much, um, Shannon. I know that you have to dash, and um, I'll be carrying on the chat with Uchumuto. Um But before before we let you go, what you know, what words of inspiration do you have for anyone out there who's thinking, oh, okay, I could do, I could do something like this. I could get into this field. Um, just do it. <laughs> I, you know what? I like that. Yeah, it's just do it. I mean, hopefully Nike won't sue me. <laughs> but um, you know what? Just decide to get up and do it because there's absolutely nothing stopping you but you. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was great having you on the Thank show. you so much for having me. Komuto. Yep. Born and bred way. <laughs> well, I was born in Alex, but I was bred in Bolugwani. Okay. Yep. And when was this? When were you born in Alex? Um, twenty almost 20, well twenty nine well twenty eight twenty nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. And so, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Sidebar Cindy, and I'm chatting to Fumutsuneto. He's a street photographer. I'm from Johannesburg. When I first met you, I remember asking you why photography, how you got involved in it. Yeah. Um. So, at the time when I was getting into photography, it wasn't anything that was. It wasn't a conscious decision for me at the time. I think I got in, into it because of the wave that was happening at the time because there was a lot of blogs and a lot of 
Tumblr pages going around and Instagram was just starting to pick up at the time. And I was going through a time where I just dropped out of uh, varsity and I was working at a call center. And then one day I took my paycheck and I bought a camera and I just started documenting my surroundings and the people that I'm always chilling with. And the only way I knew how to put out the work was online. And Instagram and Facebook played a really big role in me sharing my work with people. And the response was really great because now people were like, I've never seen this space like this. I don't know how you saw it like this. And it just became that through and through. So the dropping out, let's go back to the dropping out of varsity. Yeah. Um, yeah, that must have been tough because parents don't take such very well. Yeah, I don't think I had much of a choice at the time. So I studied LLP, which is law, um, but I was being helped out by like a financial aid. And mm. they sort of like have like a requirement that you need to pass certain modules for them to continue funding you. So in my third year, I sort of like failed some modules. So you got to third year? Yeah, and my heart wasn't really there. You know, it's one of those where you get out of high school, you don't really know what you want to go into, but the easiest thing to get into, you, you go into it. Because you're like 18 at the time, you, you, you're not putting much thought into it. So in my third year, I was like, I'm not really into what I'm doing here. And I failed some modules because my heart wasn't there. Um, and when I came back, they were like, yo, we can't continue funding you. So I'm like, okay, let me get a job and try finish this part-time. But within that time, I bought a camera. And so that sort of like disturbed the process of me finishing my degree at the time. And I just continued with, with uh, photography. And then did you, have to, did you have to pay back the money that they'd paid up until that point? Yeah, that process still happening until today. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which happened to a lot oh, of us. Oh, man, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. that debt that hangs over your head like a Damocles sword. Yep. So how many more years do you have to go before you're done with that scholarship? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it now, but yeah. <laughs> well, here you it are. Happens. You're a successful photographer. It's a real, I, I think it's a real struggle for like a lot of um, that's a reality. Well, that's yeah. one of the realities of being in tertiary. Is that yeah. there's it's it's enough. It's not enough just to get in. Yeah, you know, you might drop out, and you have to think of a you know repayment plan. Yeah, like you need to. The moment you get a job, you have to sort of like plan how you're gonna pay the debt that you mm. already have from studying, which is quite a thing. And your journey has been quite um, remarkable to watch. I mean, I know I have a soft spot for you only because you and I have a soft spot for taxis. A lot of your <laughs> yes. photography is around, yes. is around taxis. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what sparked that? So I know you were photo photographing your surroundings, but why taxis? I think, so there was a time where, because I used to travel a lot going from home to work, right? And obviously the mode of transport is still taxis even today. Mm. But I sort of like saw how... I, the taxi industry was sort of like misunderstood in a way or just people don't is misunderstood. yeah people don't give them the light of day for anything you know because they're really like um disruptive on the road and they um they're quite rude um but i think that comes from somewhere it comes from a certain struggle of i don't know like having to get your money in time to your boss having to get to where you want to go in time because you want to reach a certain target so I think why I started shooting at the time was to just show a different light to the taxi what take well the taxi rank like the taxi rank itself the taxi drivers the queue marshals that there is a bit of like they also have a life and they also go through, through certain struggles on a daily and I think at the time that's why I was attracted to taxi drivers and the whole space of being in town um 
and yeah, I, I think I just started documenting and putting them out there, and people really responded. And, and I mean, well. can approaching the taxi drivers to to take photos of them or their cars, how, I mean, what is that like? I think everyone is always. Because I mean, not all of them, <laughs> but the majority of them are challenging. Yeah, you got to be cautious because they have this thing where I think everyone wants their story to be told as long as you're on their side, you know. Um, I remember there was a time where I would walk around with my camera and they would approach me, you know, for, for me to take pictures of them because I'm going to get to the camera, you know what I mean? And I think that just gave me more confidence to even approach and be more record. They, they need this respect. You need to be respectful to them. So I think with anyone that you're approaching to shoot, you need to respect them and show, tell them why you're doing what you're doing. And I would approach them. I tell them, yo, like I, I'd be like to take a picture of you, and this is why I feel like taxi drivers are usually misunderstood. It's still tough till today to approach mm-hmm. taxi drivers um, to shoot them because the one thing is you don't want to mess with their money. Like yeah, don't um, waste their time. Yeah, you, you're wasting their time. You're messing mm-hmm. up. You're, you're messing with something else that, that they could be doing, mm-hmm. but. If you go there during the day when it's not busy, chat to them and work in Amara, Plomelewana, or I don't know, yeah. So they, 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 they become quite perceptive. Okay, well, we'll be yeah. back after this. And I'm in studio with Khumutso Neto, a street photographer from Johannesburg. And we've just been joined by Uzin Tlengwenya, um, actress from Isbaya. Don't forget to join the conversation and call us on 086-00-0959. You can SMS us on 36959. Join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtags KayaFM Talk and Sidebar Cindy. That is a beautiful song, by the way, by Ayanda Gia. Lovely, yeah. lovely song. Go, go, go. Lovely. Zinke, welcome. Great to see you. I love your bag. <laughs> so, you, oh, my word. So you, you once tweeted about this bag. Yeah. So, 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 so the bag that Zinke has, I mean, is the Louis Vuitton Never Fall. So that's the bag no. that everyone calls. I also have one, by the way. That's a bag that everyone calls Naminya Semenza. <laughs> All of us. But it's fire. a Hey, Naminya Sebenza on another level. It took me two years. It took me two years to get my first Naminya Sebenza. So it was a, it's a, it was a work of, 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 of labor. You know, oh, it was hard. Anyway, work of love. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so, so, so much for having me. No, I'm, um, glad, I'm glad that you're here. I know that you're busy and I know that you have a lot of work to do, but I'm glad that you made time time for us. So when when did you decide, um, Zintle, that um, you want to, you want to become an actress? I think it's always nice for people to know the backstory. So we see you on Inspire <laughs> looking gorgeous, we see you and everything else. Yeah. What inspired you to, to become an actress? Um, I think I've always been, you know, this young lady who's been vibrant and, you know, lo papayo, um, very good at mimicking um, and I've just been that that child, you know, in, in primary school who was involved, you know, with extramural activities and talent shows and things like that. Um, and then, you know, I've always had an interest because I, I remember I'd always ask my mom, you know, is it real, you know? And I remember once upon a time I bumped into... Um, uh, Sonia, uh, no, Sonia, and I also bumped into Queen at that time. Oh, Sophie Ndaba. Yes. Um, and and even uh, Connie Ferguson. Oh, uh, and I remember that time on Generations, her arc was that she was blind. Mm. And I was like, I bumped into her at, at Woolworths in, in Sanson when I was with my mom. I was like, Aibo, this lady can actually see, you know. And I had a conversation with her and, you know, I was inspired. And then I had a conversation with as well with Queen at that time. Yeah. And um, I told her that I want to pursue acting one day. And, 
you know, she told me that go to school, wara, 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 mm. and it turned out differently. Um, I ended up going to school, you know, and still acting. I was, you know, a child star. I started acting when I was 11 years old. And then my work started showing on TV when I was 12 years old. And I've been doing it ever since and I haven't looked back. So it's something that I've always, always loved. And yeah, I don't think I'm gonna stop loving it anytime and, and soon. And your parents, um, in terms of the support, and how do they feel about how everything has turned out? Because you know how parents are; they have they have their own dreams for us. Same thing, mm. yeah. Shannon. They have their dreams for us, and then you have yeah. your own dream for yourself. Um, okay, my my dad passed on when I was very young, so I was raised by my mom, you know, who was a single parent, but she did an amazing job. I always say this: she did an amazing job at not making me feel like you know there's no dad around, mm. and she's always been a supportive mother um, she saw the potential as well and there was someone that she knew and you know she she called uh, this young she also used to act on generations um, she was young then I think it was it was, was she Angela Angela and she called, she called, gave my mom, I'm a number, we're casting agency. And I joined the casting agency and within two weeks, I got my first job. Wow. And the money, where did the money go? <laughs> did you have your own bank account? Guys, now people don't know this, but let me share it. I've always been an entrepreneur. So um, I literally started making my first bit of money uh, like I was I was in grade 2 or grade 3 when I started making money on my own uh, you know and I had the plug I had the latest trends which are the sweets that are like banging at that time <laughs> so everyone knew and you know we, we'd go and we'd go buy sweets and my mom would stock up for me and then and you know from there I mean I knew I knew how to to save money and I knew how to use money and I knew the value of money okay and I've always been curious as well about um, being a, a young a child actress and and in studies how did that work out were you studying um, on set did you go to a regular school like the rest of us how did that happen I was very lucky you know to have schools that understood you know, that were supportive at that time. It wasn't very easy mm. um, because sometimes I'd go for like two weeks, you know, with absolutely no school, you know, but they'd send uh, work for me and I'd have to work overtime, you know, so I'd literally go on set, um, read my, 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 my scenes and read my lines and practice and then, you know, execute. And then from there, I go back to the hotel and I have to study. And that, that's a lot of work, Zintle. Yeah. And so, <laughs> another thing as well. I mean, my my kids, uh, my my son and daughter Nandi and Mani belong to an agency. So sometimes they get called out for for adverts auditions, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's 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 always difficult when they don't get the role. So yeah. it's like, Mom, did we win? Did we win? And I'm like, No, it's not a competition. Mm. We're trying. You know, yeah. like everyone else, they asked for a certain look. So we use part of the kids that look like that because look, everyone looks like you, and they'll choose who they want, right? Yeah. Um, did you ever go for, for castings? And if you didn't get it, how did you handle the disappointment, especially at a younger age? I mean, when you're older, you can work it out. But at a young age, how did you to, to na navigate that? I think that's when I, I developed thick skin, you know. I just always believed that I'm born to do this. Mm. And if I don't get it, then that just wasn't my opportunity. Yeah. 
I've just always been like that. I've always believed that, that if it's meant for me, then it will be mine. Mm. Yeah. And I always say this, I never try to force my way into anything or manipulate anything because I feel like, you know, I should just let nature and I should let just let the universe and God, you know, pave it out for me. So I've just always been like that. If it's for me, it will be. If it's not for me, then it's not for mine. Yeah. It's not for me. And mm. I make peace and it, it's comforting for me to view it that way because I feel like then I don't bash myself as a person as well. I don't bash my character. I don't question myself and I don't just create self-doubt and fear and you know because all that all those type of thoughts will paralyze you and you know they'll cripple you and you'll find yourself questioning really am i worth certain things mm, yeah. you know so i've just always been like yeah, it wasn't and for me and that's for me and that's the reason why we have we have you and Homutsu on the show is that people need to know that you know, behind the, the the glamour and everything else that we see, there's yeah. a real person who's gone through real struggles to get where they are. Definitely, yeah. definitely. You know, because it's so easy, and I said this earlier on in the show, it's so easy to just have a one-sided, one-dimensional view yeah. of and what it's fame not and success is. It's right? not realistic. Mm. It's it's never been realistic. I don't think, you know, anyone really has a smooth, perfect life. Then, you know, how do you grow as a person? You know, how do you learn certain things? You know, and how do you reach your full potential if you don't go through Stars. something that mm, challenges mm. you? And not to say that you have to have everything out in the open. I mean, I remember, um, you know, I had to make a decision, um, yeah. especially after the KFM gig was when I knew that it's going to happen. I went out for lunch yeah. with my kids and, and my husband, Marinas, and I said to the kids, whatever happens after this, I'm keeping you guys out of the limelight. Right? Yeah. It's a decision we made. If I want to post about you guys, I'll post about you guys. Yeah. But in jail, we won't be granting interviews where it's a whole family affair. You're talking to my husband and my kids. We're not yeah. going to have any of that. And the decision we made, we agreed on it and that's how we're going forward. Yeah. And I think you're also very private about your 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 married life and and and, and everything else. You've made a yeah. decision that you're not going down that road. Yeah. I think um especially more especially with my kids, you know, yeah. I'm very protective. I'm very oof. I just cannot expose them to, to, to anything um, related to the limelight because I know how it is and I know that sometimes it gets really ugly and, you know, I would rather sharpen them, you know, behind the scenes and then when they're ready to do... I mean, I, I think I would rather give it to my, my daughter and my son to to decide whether they want to be in the limelight with me mm-hmm. or not. And when they're old enough to do that, then they will. Uh, my husband, I sometimes do interviews with him, especially now that we've got a foundation together. Yes, yeah, so yeah, the we, you know, we move together and we talk about it together, you know. But he also shies away from the media. I'm the one who's corrupting him. And <laughs> <laughs> well, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Sidebar Cindy with me, Cindy Fancel, and I'm in studio with um, Uzinle um, Gwenya and Khomuto Neto. Um, it's Youth Month, so we have two young people in studio telling us how they got where they were. Khomuto, coming back to you, um, your family, how yeah. does your family feel about, about your, 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 your chosen career and, uh, you know, are they proud of you? Yeah, they're very proud now. Like, I remember there was a time I went home and I was speaking to my grand, and at the time I was there to shoot like a really big event in uh, in Polokwane. So my granny's like, where are you going? Like, are you just going to get there, take 
a picture or like you're gonna take one picture for each person or what <laughs> you know, covering like it was so hard for me to explain that i'm i'm shooting an event and i'm gonna get paid after that because they're so used to you mm. call a camera guy to come to your house take family portraits and no we and stand the, next to a tree holding yeah. the brand <laughs> yeah and and, and you, back in the day with that you find that there's someone in the family who takes those pictures yeah. and my granddad was was one of those people where he had uh, a lot of cameras yeah so he understands um that there's a commercial side to photography so they're really proud i mean they've always been supportive like i think even after i dropped out they were really like if this is what you want to do or well, you don't know what you want to do now but like we'll support you um with whatever you want to do and my mom has always been there too you know like she till today she's probably um the biggest supporter with my work and with what i'm doing yeah, so, yeah. i'm second i'm, I'm right behind <laughs> so cool. tell me about new york you know new york is like Probably the most fascinating place I've ever been to. It's a whole set. It's it's amazing. So yeah. how, how did that happen? Um, so there's a review. Uh, there's a New York Times portfolio review that happens every year, and they have an open call. They also had it this year. They have an open call for like photographers around the world to apply for this thing and come get their work reviewed. Um, a friend of mine who had been to New York the previous year pushed me to apply for this thing like man you should also try this thing out i'm sure you'll get it and i i applied for it um i wasn't thinking about it randomly a month later i get a, i get an email saying hey you've been accepted to come through you and other 100 you and other 150 other photographers or whatever to come through to to new york but you need to pay for yourself and you need to get yourself there um yeah, I started fundraising. I did a whole thing online. I, um, I got friends to um, post about it. I was selling prints. I was selling my work to fundraise. So people would buy my work and whatever work they were buying, that money would go to um, supporting me to to go to the trip. Mm-hmm. And uh, another friend of mine also was accepted. Well, he became my friend. He became my friend within this process, Radile Malusi. And we went together, you know, we went to the trip together. Uh, the review was two days. It went really, really dope. Like some valuable global um, opinion mm. about my work, which is very, very South African. Um, and we were there for two days for the review, but we spent a whole eight days exploring the city, meeting other people. Um, and yeah, it was really, really, really great. And it's just like South Africa, right? There's, there's parts of New York that are just like Johannesburg. Yeah, just on a hundred, I guess. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's very, very like, like, like Joburg. And how do they receive your, your, your prints of the taxis? I mean, I know that you had some, some prints there. Um, so yeah, I had do, like do a you whole have to explain what this Yeah, is. you have to sort of like give them the one thing I found difficult for me was to cont- contextualize the work mm. because not everyone around the world knows what's happening here and mm. how we all live here. But you have to sort of like explain the transport system. You have to explain how it takes works here. So that's the one thing I found more like really difficult to try and contextualize my work. But the one thing I took away was that um, I need to keep doing what I'm doing because the work is mainly for the people who are here. Because my thing is to try and change perceptions um, about our spaces that we frequent, that we sort of like have a bad or a negative stereotype around. around. You know what I mean? So yeah, the work I think 
it sort of like grew from there because I also do other works, which is... Um, I'm chatting to Khumutu Neto and I'm also chatting to Uzintle Ngwenya. Um, Khumutu is a street photographer based in Johannesburg and Uzintle is an actress, um, recent, more recently on Isbaya, but she's been doing this since she was a child. So going back to our conversation, um, you guys are young. I consider <laughs> you guys to be young. I'm not going to yeah. ask your ages. <laughs> um, you know, what regrets do you have so far? I know it's early in your life to be regretting stuff, but do you have any regrets? Zinde, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what what regrets do, do I have? Um, I think, you know, sometimes life has a way of humbling you. Mm. And, you know, I think when life, there was a time, I think, when life humbled me. And I fall into a trap of self-doubt. And those are my regrets. Okay, so you, so you regret actually going through that whole experience of self-doubt? Yes. Okay, but didn't that make you grow? What, didn't it make you a better person? It did person? make me grow in a way. Yes, definitely. But I feel like, uh, you know, um, I wasted time self-doubting. Okay. Well, did, did it paralyze you? Did it, did it, were you stuck somewhere? Yes, whole, whole I was phase? stuck somewhere. And I was like, mm. I was starting to question myself, you know. Mm. I think there was a time where I went, um, I had, you know, a, a, a pause within my career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, it was, it was dull. Mm. Um, gigs were not coming through. Mm. I was going through auditions because I took a pause because I wanted to focus on, on varsity and, you know, matric more than anything. And then just getting the correct marks to get into varsity. Yeah. And I got into varsity and I was studying and then I was getting to a point where, you know, I'm about to complete my qualification and now I need to start working. Yeah. And, you know, I'm used to having my own money, remember? Yeah. And, you know, it was low. So now I was dependent on my mother, mm. who is also not really used to looking after you. looking after me because I've always been like I'll do it myself. Mm. So uh, then I got, you know, I didn't like asking her for money, and oh. you know, I, I the auditions I was going to, I never got, you know, any any jobs, mm. and you know, I remember, and then things just took a turn, and. I remember I started changing my attitude when I when I went to auditions because I, I had gotten so many rejections that there was a t I, I would go for auditions with the mentality that I'm not going I'm to not get, gonna it. get it anyway. Yeah. But, you know, let me just go try. Mm. And then I just decided one day that, you know, what, I'm just going to change my mindset. And then I went with the attitude that, OK, this is mine. And then I remember that's when I got my first TV gig, which I wanted all my life and then I got it Nimdala. <laughs> but you know what it's never too late it is and, I, and you know it was never too late you're, you're right it was never too late young Tola Ngire develop for you and I think at that time maybe I might not have been ready when I wanted it the most and when I got it I was, I was ready yeah. and then came into sections and, and that is a big it was yeah. big and people started remembering me mm. you know they were like that's that girl from tunzini.com and then from you know intersections I had formed relationships and you know from other productions I had formed relationships I remember the, that I did remix and uh, remix at the time it was a, a, a five parts drama series and it played on Mzansi Magic and you know 
when I went there, the budget was not so great, but that show created so many relationships for me. And, you know, someone from that show recommended me on Isibaya and I went for an audition for Isibaya and I got it. And, yes. and, the, and the magic in that story, um, um, Zintle, is that you speak about readiness and also just the, the dip that you went through yeah. you know, obviously came with a certain humility and yeah. uh, which, which the recommendation from Remix to Isibaya, yeah. they must have picked it up from you. Okay, here we are. Mm. We don't have a big budget, but she's not being a diva about anything. Yeah. And, and then they recommend you for something bigger and here yeah. you are today. Yeah. And I think God allows those things to happen in our lives to sharpen us and make us better people. You know, because yeah. once you've hit rock bottom, you can't go any bottomer than rock bottom. The yeah. only way you can go um, from there is up. Yeah, and when, you, when you're in the pits, really, you're, you're forced to think. Mm. You're forced, you know, to reconstruct. Mm. You're forced, you know, to be honest about certain things. And sometimes I've learned and I've seen as well that a couple of people, including myself sometimes, you don't want to be honest about certain things yeah. in your life. But when you're down there... You have no option. You have no option but to reconstruct. Yeah, well, you're listening to Sidebar Cindy on KFM 95.9. And I'm chatting to Uzin Lenguenya from Isbaya and also to Humuto Neto, street photographer. Um, Humuto, what are your regrets at this young age? I think the one that comes to mind now, being a self-taught photographer, I think... I regret not equipping myself with much knowledge when I started out because you you realize years later that if I had known this, mm-hmm. this wouldn't have happened. Like for instance, I don't have my work from 2012 and 2013. Like it's not saved anyway, you know what I mean? Because I took it for granted. I didn't know that I had to save like raw files of the work. I had to um, have like the high-risk files of the work. Years later, someone comes on to your gram or email, an email comes through like, yo, we want to use this image that you shot in 2013 for a specific thing and want to buy it from you, want to buy like rights oh, or usage from that. And you set your drives, you don't have the high-risk files of that thing. So, and I think to any young photographers who are starting out there, save all your raw files, save all your high-risk files. You're going to need them years later because I think the alias work is like the purest work because mm-hmm. you're still like very... Um, I don't want to say naive. No, but, no you know, naive is a perfect word. Yeah, well, I guess naive it is, yeah. So that's like the purest work that you mm. could put out there. So you need to keep that work because it's, it's also quite good to look back where you started. But you need the raw files. You need the high-risk files because that's the stuff that's going to probably um, help you to make a living, you know. So, yeah, the, my regret is not having equipped myself with proper enough knowledge at a time when I started out. But I'm really glad that you didn't say that you regret not going to photography school or anything of no, the sort. No, 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 no. Because I feel, you know, I think one of the reasons why, there's certain qualifications that, you know, people keep saying I must go and have done if I'm going to be Minister of Health or whatever mm. it is one day. Mm. My concern is that if I do go for some of those qualifications, it's like going into a, into a like a cookie cutter. I'm going to go inside, into that organization and come out different. I won't be the Cindy that I am now. Because yeah. that certain knowledge does that to you. Yeah, so I have a lot of friends who come from different photography institutions. And a lot of them think a certain way because they were taught. In a certain... So like to think mm. a certain way about photography or whatever medium of photography that they're in. Um, and I think at the time when I started, I was just really like free in terms of what I shoot and exactly. how I shoot. Um, but it is important to go to school because that's sort of like structures how you do your stuff, you know. Mm. And I think that's the one thing I learned as I 
kept on going that I need to structure my work in a certain way because you find yourself that your work is all over the place, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, you need to you need to sort of like have a balance of both. You know, you don't 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 be like okay. I don't want to do this, but I just rather go mm. go go this way. It's never easy to be um, a self-taught photographer or just you doing yourself, or being a freelancer at all. Like it's never, never easy. You need to sort of like have some sort of guidance along the way. If you can't get that by yourself, there's people around you who can help you. The internet is there for you. Um, I learned the, the, a lot of stuff that I know today, which I'm still learning, is through friends and the internet. And, and, and your mentors, do you have any mentors? So, yeah, at this point, I'm sort of like transitioning or I don't know if, if transition is like the right word, but I have two mentors who are trying to help me to get into directing. So that's like a new journey that I'm sort of like exploring now. Um, and yeah, so I think with that part of my career, I have mentors, but doesn't mean that I'm leaving photography. I'm still a photographer full on. That will always be the case, but I'm trying to explore other mediums and I have people who are helping me with that, mentoring me with that side of life. So, yeah. Great stuff. Zinke, coming back to you, I know that you're doing a lot of work with, with um, the youth um, and that that's the movement you're speaking about that you're involved with your husband. Tell us a yeah. bit more about that. Um, the movement started three years ago. Uh, my husband is from Northwest mm -hmm. in, in Brits and he, he liked, you know, playing during the weekend, we'd go there and he'd be playing uh, soccer. He likes playing soccer. Um, he's like a very good goalkeeper. I always say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was playing soccer one day. And um, I remember I was attending a, a gig at Constitutional Hill. It was it was a, a gig for um, disadvantaged kids. Yes. And, you know, I, f I was feeling inspired and I went straight from the, from the event, I went to um, watch him play soccer. And when I saw him, I just felt like, because he's from the Northwest and, you know, they are a bit, um, I, can, I don't want to say underprivileged, but they don't have access to certain things. Mm. And, you know, I saw that there was a gap, um, yeah, drug abuse and substance abuse as well there, and there aren't any rehab centers nearby. So we decided to do this uh, June 16 movement. Okay. I decided that, you know, let's take June 16 of 2017 and let's make it a soccer tournament. Great. And it went, you know, when you sit down and you start having ideas and we're like, why don't we invite, you know, mm. Questa to come through? And it went from literally being a soccer tournament <laughs> to being um, a movement concert. That's amazing. And then it grew. The second year, you know, it grew as well. And the third year, I think we never anticipated for it to be this big. We took um, a couple of boys and some girls to rehab Abinyaope. And we are building a rehabilitation center. Uh, we've got, you know, two... Uh, hip hop stars who are rivals who have decided to put their beef aside to <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think I know who you're talking about. I think I know who you're talking about. But before we, yes. uh, before, we, before we come back to that, let's just take a quick call from Osisinyane who's on the road. Um, hi, Sisi, welcome to the show. Hi, Cindy, how are you? Good, thank you. I'm good, thanks, and hello to your guest. Hi. hi. <laughs> um, I'm a mother of a 16 year old and I'm inspired by the youth. 
and also he is in, in in the industry. He is acting, but like sometimes I get like uh, with like now he's in grade eleven, mm-hmm. and yeah, he had to choose between acting and cut down on acting and focus on the extreme. So that was my frustration, mm-hmm. and also I concur with your previous comment when you said like when they go for the auditions because like I think he started auditioning when he was about 10 or so mm-hmm. and like it only started like being in like from 2018 so he was about like uh, 13 or so so yeah oh. that's my story and you know I feel like that's 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 lovely for him and uh, I like the fact that you said, Ruti, you know, he started when he was 10 and there was, uh, you know, a, a brief pause. And, you know, now he's 16 and things are starting to fall t- back together. And, yeah, just, you know, be there, support him. It's not a very, t- it's not a very easy industry. It's quite tough. Mm. And it's tough in the sense, Yoguti, like, you know, I'm sure your son can attest to it, that it's rejection you know but as well it's 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 tough it's quick you know you could be in today and out tomorrow um but you know as a mother who is there who is supportive of her son and you know his dreams and give him the opportunity to to go through school and also you know know when to pull back Mm. so that he that's very important as well and you're doing good so yeah, keep 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 it up, keep it up. Okay, okay, thank you so much. Yeah, and the day was like very because the days that like I mean like I think it took three four years before he was in, and the day was the one who like I was breaking down because like oh I didn't get it, but like how come story so got it? Yeah, yeah. To turn back, yeah, yeah. And I think it goes to what uh, what Doctor Cindy was saying, Guti. Um, sometimes they just. It's it's just you know they just look for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you'll be amazed at what goes on these casting meetings you know they are having an argument about your son and this one and everyone is rooting for your son mm-hmm. no but yeah. but unfortunately he is not dark enough or yeah. he's not light enough or his hair is not long enough you know it's Petty things like that, unfortunately. And it's, part, it's part of the part of the process. Yeah, it's part of the process. Okay, thank oh. you so much, Ceci, and all the best for your son. Okay, thank you so much. Have a good. Evening. So Thank coming you. up at eight o'clock, Kojo Bafo will be um, you, you know, he'll be on with Life with Kojo. So as we wrap up, because we are running out of time, <laughs> I just want like thirty seconds of words of wisdom from Humuzo and from you, Zintle. Humuzo, I'll start off with you. Follow your gut feeling. Um, like just really follow your gut feeling. Like there's nothing more, um, I guess, more true or more more real than you following your gut feeling. We, we sometimes we tend to be scared by for doing stuff that we don't know or going to the unknown. But trust me, trust your gut feeling. It's it's probably the best thing that you can follow. Like trust your gut feeling and go into it. And Zintle? Um I would definitely have to say it's not over till God says it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, for as long as we haven't reached our full potential mm. and we have a lot to achieve and it's up to us to explore and seek guidance from God. So don't forget and don't forget who you are. 
Well, in closing, what I'll say is um, as a person who's Radio Dream started when I was a kid and it came to life for a few years when I was in varsity and then stopped in 2001. Here I am back on radio. Um, dreams do come true. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.